Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park good that looks good and we are live man how you feeling i'm doing good yeah thanks for being here so uh i know you're the author of cracking the life code and i guess we should start this off and i know you probably had this question a million times but what was the motivation behind it you know what's the background how did it happen and we can just go from there big dog yeah sure um well thank you for having me uh it was it was about 12 years I, I was just about 12 years old when i when i ran into the bedroom and um saw my mom crying and uh, that broke my heart and i was like uh why are you crying she had just received the bad news from her mother and she was really not in a place to help her mom at the time and that kind of broke her heart and and i said to myself that day uh that I would do anything within my power to ensure that I find myself in a place in life where I'm able to provide help uh, to the people that I love and the people that I care about. And so from that point on, at the age of 12, I really just began to take life even more seriously. Um, I did realize growing up in Nigeria, um, in, 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 in Africa, that there had to be something better or something else for me in life than the experiences that I had as, as a child. And so I was constantly looking for that thing. I was looking for what was more. I was I had I, I had several moments where I said to myself, there had to be more to life than just what I'm experiencing now. And that's when I began this whole journey of searching and trying to figure out, you know, life in general and just how to navigate life and how to build a more flourishing life for myself. And so that followed me through all the way to college, after college, my choice of career, entrepreneurship and all of that. And so after over 20 years of this personal development journey and personal growth, I thought I would do myself and the generations yet unborn a great disservice if I don't put all of these lessons and everything that I have experienced through the course of my personal development journey, if I don't condense those into something that I could pass on to the next generation. That's why I decided to write this book, Cracking the Life Code. It's, it's, it's packed with 
you know, tips and strategies and learn, learnings from my past experiences um, and how I've navigated, I've had to navigate the different areas of life from business to career to relationships to health and wellness, you know, and so that's why really I decided to, to put it together essentially because life does not come with a manual. You see, you don't have a child and and receive a manual with the child, you know, to say, hey, this is how you're going to navigate life, you know. So we always need a blueprint. We always need something by which we could, you know, navigate these, you know, very difficult terrains uh, of, of life. And that's why I put this together. Yeah, dude, I, I'm loving that story. And that's a lot to take on at 12 years old or even just to see that and decide, hey, I mean, you know, and realize I very that's very self-aware that, oh, okay, this is, I don't like how this is going. I want to make a difference. I want to do something. I mean, it shows a lot of maturity in, in you at that age. That's right. Um, I mean, the thing is, the, the way I was raised, I was raised um, with a lot of responsibility at, at a very early age. I was probably about eight when, when my mom, you know, came into the room and told me, hey, I have to go to grad school. And while I'm away in school, you will have to take the responsibilities that I have. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, and oh. yeah, mom had to go. <laughs> she she had to go to school. And I have two younger brothers and I'm, I'm, I'm the oldest. So that responsibility fell on me to ensure that we all get up and re get ready for school. Uh, dad was there to support and to help through this whole time. But that's where I started, really. The whole journey for me started when they just placed this huge responsibility on me and and I think ever since then from one responsibility to the other I have continued to just um, assume those roles uh, for my for my younger brothers yeah man that's a lot to take on at that age and I couldn't even imagine doing something like that myself and that's it's very bold and I love it from you man and that you're what you've done and where you're at now and now you got a book and you're kind of showing along your path to success. Is that kind of what you said? You have tips and stuff and everything that you've learned along the way. That's right. That's so right. Is this when you, why you were writing the book, was this the stuff, you know, remembering stories that happened and how you handled it and what you could have done better, what you could have done, you know, what, what went wrong, what went right. You, you know, what's interesting is the book really centers around mindsets, habits, and behaviors. Okay. And, and what's, 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 more interesting is I did have so many experiences in my life that just that that centered around either mindsets or a certain behavior or a certain habit that could either propel me towards my success or hinder me from moving forward in life. So a very simple uh, example is the fact that uh, at six in in um, elementary school, a friend of ours uh, drowned in the pool. Oh, and that was a sad story. So what happened was all the parents of kids in my school decided they were not going to let any one of us go anywhere close to water. So I grew up knowing that or thinking that water was terrible and yeah. I couldn't go anywhere close to water. Now, that is a limiting belief that I carried throughout my life. And as I became an adult, I saw how people, you know, had water sports and how people went on cruises and how, you know, people enjoy, you know, the benefits of water, you know, and that um, I couldn't just live my entire life thinking that water is bad or just being around water can be dangerous just because of one experience. And that's why I, I, I decided to put so many of these stories together, because whether or not we like it, 
as we grow up as, as kids, we take on so many different signals from the adults in our lives right. and they begin to influence our behaviors, our habits, and in fact, our mindset. So we have to come to a point in life where we'll go, um, are these beliefs really true? Are they even helping me? Are they are they are they hindering me? And if indeed they are hindering me, it's about time to say, hey, how what can I do to break these codes and replace them with positive, strong uh, uh, codes? Yeah, you know, one thing that you know, with talking with people like yourself, is that a lot of people seem to have these limiting limiting beliefs more than I guess that I ever would have thought about. I mean, just from talking with people, and I guess because they're, and I, I'm generally speaking, more people are afraid of you know, expressing those beliefs, I guess. And that, cause I'm one of those, you know, I don't want to tell anybody that, you know, I'm scared or I have this thing, you know, like you said with water or whatever. And I mean, do you find that, you know, with maybe most young men or just in general, like with, you know, men, female, whatever, that yeah. a lot of people have these limiting beliefs is based on your environment you grew up in or, you know, life experiences that happen along the way. That's right. I mean, we are products of our experiences, essentially. And I find very often from our coaching clients that many people don't even realize that some of the reasons they don't go further in life is really because they have limiting beliefs, because yeah. they don't even realize that these beliefs are, li that are limiting, you know, or they don't even they don't identify these as challenges that they need to deal with. So in talking with a lot of coaching clients, I found several times that many people deal with limiting beliefs that they're not even aware of. And those who are aware of these limiting beliefs, they probably are too ashamed or too uh, shy to discuss them or to bring them to the fore. But we would always need to confront some of our beliefs sometimes, uh, check in with ourselves and, and express some of these beliefs so we can work, we can work um, uh, to fix them. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing that being very self-aware, I had no idea what a limiting belief was, you know, until I kind of, I don't know, I guess I read about it or heard it on a podcast or something. It was just me kind of sitting down and reflecting with myself. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Like, why did I never think about X, Y, and Z? And why I never, you know, try to move past it or whatever and, or get out of my own way, so to speak. And it's one of those things that you feel like you just got to attack whatever you're scared of or whatever you're kind of worried about in a certain way in order to find that success around that wall or obstacle whatever you want to call it yep uh then that's that's true our our brains are hardwired to uh to protect us so okay. safety and security is primarily the first direction in which the brain goes so very often when we are looking to shift away from a place of comfort or we're looking to redirect ourselves in the in the in the in the in the path of discomfort or uh, an uncertainty, um, our brains typically triggers that, hey, uh, hold on a minute. Uh, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you sure about what you're trying to do and all that? So yes, we typically would find ourselves, you know, pulling back from whatever scares us or just avoiding, you know, discomfort, avoiding uncertainty. Uncertainty can be very terrifying. That's, that's the truth. Oh. So many people don't want to face the the world the unknown and so we find that we are very comfortable in the known and there's nothing wrong with that but growth does not does not exist in the known so right. we've got to push ourselves beyond those things that hold us back that's just, that's primarily what limiting beliefs really do is that kind of one thing that you did as a child and like having this on on you just like hey i gotta either you know it's like what fight or flight yep 
or yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was a it was a sink or swim type of situation for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had to push myself beyond, you know, the boundaries that my immediate environment placed on me, and so I began to find, you know, multiple different ways, which included th- this whole personal development and personal growth journey. It, I mean, part of it was pursuing graduate degree. Part of it was you know, exploring entrepreneurship and so many different things that, that, that could help me. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that I've always thought, and I, well, I guess a lot of people think this too, that just trying something new or even trying to attack this eliminating belief or whatever, because, you know, most people don't want to do it because they're afraid to fail or they're going to look like a fool or, you know, and everybody always wants to be good at something. And I'm the same way, you know I mean? You don't want to look like an idiot when you're out there trying something new or trying to work around, but, and that's part of another reason why nobody wants to you know, try to get out of that comfort zone, like you said, and, and that, yep. yeah, and it's just taking like a small step and like working your way into setting yourself up for success, I think. And I think you would probably agree with that. Absolutely. The fear of failure is very terrible. And it's yeah. one reason why many of us would not even try. Uh, and, and oftentimes, it's really not the failed attempt that is tragic. It's more so the uh, uh, opportunities that we, we didn't even attempt at all. It's lack of trying that's more tr- more tragic, not the failed opportunities. So I'm happy to fail. In fact, I have suggested several times to my clients that in seeking out mentors, you probably want to find mentors that have failed a lot. Because a very successful mentor who has only experienced success through the course of their career or their life may not have so much to share with you in terms of lessons. So I I think that we need to understand that failure is really a path of the entire package of success. So if we embrace failure as part of the process, we might shift our perspective about failure and embrace failure even better. So if I fail at something, something, for instance, I've failed at so many different things in my life from business, sure. my first business failed and to relationships in different areas of my life, I've experienced failure. But what's interesting is I've also learned from my failed experiences, how not to do such and such. So that's been the valuable lessons that I picked from some of these failures. So the fear of failure, yes, I don't want to look stupid. Think about it. If you're starting a new job, you are more likely to look stupid in the first week or month or first quarter on the job. And so the fear of, you know, I don't know that company. I don't know the organization. I don't know the employees. Um, I'm very comfortable with my coworkers here. And that fear can keep us in the same position for several years through the course of our career. So, yes, I can totally understand how fear of failure limits us. Yeah. You know, and one, one common theme that, you know, with, you know, dealing with success people and I'm, I guess, or successful people and everyone has their own definition of success is that, you know, it's more people who are willing to take those chances and fail or, you know, just roll the dice, so to speak. And, you know, it's like, Hey, if I look like a fool, if I look like an idiot, that's okay. But at least I'm taking a chance on something. And even like you said, your first business failed, but then you learn from it. And then the next time, you know, what you did, right. You know, what you did wrong and boom, you're moving on to something better. But a lot of that's just taking that chance, you know, and just yep. putting yourself out there, like kind of what we were saying, getting over that limiting belief and just taking a chance on something, you know? Yep. Yep. You, we've got to be willing to jump. Um, that's, that's true. Uh, we can't, we can't make progress. It's like the law of inertia. Nothing changes except something moves. You can't, you can't change your personal life. You can't, you can't scale your business. You can't, you can't advance in your career, except you take a, 
you take a chance, you you make a move. And these moves sometimes might not be, you might not see the entire picture, but you just need to put one foot in front of the other. It's baby steps. In fact, I tell my team that our primary focus is just becoming 1% better each day. Take that one step forward each day. And as you do that, when you look back after 100 steps, you would see how far you've come. So we need to constantly remind ourselves that we need to make that move. Yeah. You know, and that's one good example, just because, you know, I'm currently training for a half marathon and I've never done one in my life, you know, and it was one of those things I was not going to go out and just start running 13.1 miles, like without training or whatever, you know, and I mean, I'm a fitness guy and I love all that stuff, but I've never ran that far. But it was one of those, all right, I'm going to start at a mile. Okay. For the first week, I was running like a mile. All right. And then the next week, between one and two miles. And over time, I was, you know, like today, I ran six miles this morning. And I just grab, and I'm building up off that. You know, I would never go out there and just, you know, go full thing without, you know, research or like learning or let my body adjust or whatever. You know, I'm setting myself up for success and let my body accommodate. And that's like a lot, what a lot of people should do. And I think that's maybe a misconception that they think they have to go completely full blown. And then, you know, when they hit a wall, when they hit something that gets in their way, they fail and they're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go stay back and not even try ever again. Hey, you know, what's interesting. I'm, I'm glad that you brought up this exercise example. I was at a gym the other day and this, this guy came to use the, the bench machine that I had just finished using, um, with the same weights that was on it. Um, and he had not been in the gym before, but he looked bigger and taller than me. And I assumed that he probably thought, oh, well, just by the way I look physically, I should be able to lift this. Okay. And his attempt to lift the, the barbell, uh, was a, it was a disastrous one because the bar fell right on him. And that was, that was, that was terrible. I mean, I jumped in to help as much as I can with every other person in the gym, but truth is we've got to set ourselves up for success one step at a time one day at a time we don't arrive at this beautiful destination that we might call success um, overnight we have to prepare ourselves um, and embrace failure along the line because failure just strengthens us further um, and and one one thing that you mentioned is the fact that if you jump if you jump up you will honestly come back down because it's a jump. But if you grow up, you stay up. So growth is the key. If you jump up, you'll definitely come back down. But if you grow up, you stay up and you continue to grow. So growth is the key here. And growth happens, you know, incrementally, one step at a time, one day at a time. People who have not experienced growth in an incremental fashion typically encounter failure maybe the very first time and that's why they are not able to pick themselves back up and continue the journey because they haven't quite experienced failure. So we've got to train ourselves every day to understand that failure is part of success. And when it comes, we can deal with it and keep it moving. Yeah, I like that. When you grow up, you stay up. I like that. That's a good. I'm going to have to remember that for sure. And yeah, and, and just going off that, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a CrossFit guy and I've been for the last eight plus years and and just like to your example, there are a lot of ego-driven people out there, and it's almost a false ego at the same time. And I hope I'm saying that correctly. And then what I mean by it is that 
you know, when people come into a CrossFit gym and I'm, again, I'm generally speaking, not every gym or whatever, but you know, they see me doing whatever I've been training for eight years. I'm good to go. You know, I compete and all that. So like you said, somebody who would come in like, you know, I'm a small guy. I'm like five foot seven on a tall day, you know, 170 pounds, <laughs> somebody else, you know, like, you know, comes in, like you were talking about bigger than you or whatever, just cause I'm doing it. They're like, Oh, haven't been in the gym and you know, X amount of years. Oh, I can do it too. You know, and this is where injuries occur and this is when they get setbacks and just because, and I get it, you know, you want to do, it's a competitive, it's challenging. You know, like if somebody's just over there doing what, two plates on a bench, you're like, oh, I'm going to try it without ever benching. And this is where failure happens. And then, and it's, and I guess my point is, is that you got to learn where to leave the ego at the door, I guess. And like, hey, keep a level head. And, you know, some people say you can't be successful without an ego and, I guess there's two sides of that story and I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think it's like, I guess what you, what you just said, you got to get served, you know, a couple humbling experiences now and again and stay in that way. But these ego driven people, and it's good in a way, but it's also bad in a way too. So kind yeah. of makes sense. Uh, e e ego. I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know how, how to, how to embrace ego as a positive thing. Um, I think if we act out of ego, it could really be detrimental. Hmm. Um, it, we should act from a place of curiosity. We should we should act from a place of uh, thirst for knowledge. We should ask for from a we should we should we should operate from a place of humility, and then that way we can grow quicker. We can grow faster and we can grow better but ego destroys ego i mean and especially when it's really just some ego that's built out of pride and out of just you know wanting to uh be the person that we claim to be it can be very destructive so i would rather just focus on you know growth i'll focus on humility i'll focus on you know curiosity and the thirst for knowledge because those can help me grow better but Ego, I don't quite know that, um, yeah, that I would embrace ego at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just, and I agree with you that you need to embrace growth, embrace humility, embrace all, you know, D, all the above. And, but there's people out there like that who just don't care. You know, I don't know if it's a fixed mindset or if it's just, you know, one of those things, like I said, what life experiences in their life path, you know, you know, they grew up different than me and, you know, they think automatically, you know, maybe, or maybe it's just male testosterone and, you know, in, into this, you know, example that I'm speaking of. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things, you know, what is that one account? It's like, hold my beer. And just cause they see somebody else go jump off a, a roof and land, do a flip or whatever land. Oh, I'm going to go do it too. You've never done it, man. It's like, what are you doing? You know? And yeah. And I don't know how to get around ego except just to be served a piece, you know, and I don't want anybody to get injured and do anything like that. But I think you have to have that kind of, humbling experience in some form in order to like, okay, you know, maybe I should prepare more. Maybe I should calm down a little bit, do my not research, do my, you know, talk to people with like yourself and then I'll be ready for the next time. You know? Yeah. We should really never wait until life hits us hard before we learn how to navigate life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's best that we learn these things on our own 
maybe borrowing from other people's experiences by reading books, listening to podcasts like your show and, and having a mentor, you know, we can learn from these other people's experiences. We, what we don't really want to do is wait until we experience some of these really bad uh, life lessons uh, before we, we <laughs> learn to humble ourselves, you know? <laughs> For sure. For yeah. sure. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, again, I just wanted to reiterate that I just don't know where that comes from and, and I hate it. And I just don't, I don't want people to, you know, go down that bad road or whatever, but in the sense that, you know, I've been humbled along with competitions and stuff where I've but it's also been a motivation thing to me. It's like, where do I need to work harder at now? Where do I need to, you know, take a step back and, you know, learn some more things or, you know, train a little bit harder. And, and that's, it's kind of, I've used it as motivation, so to speak. And, and, what I wanted to ask you, and I guess speaking of motivation and you know all that and trying to grow and everything is that, you know, you talked about mentors earlier and well, I mean, did you have, you know, I never really knew the difference between a role model and a mentor. And I, you know, it was just me talk, having, you know, having a discussion like this with somebody that was like, Oh, you know, okay. Now I see the difference. And there was a couple of mentors like during college and stuff, I think I had, but I kind of, and I was one of those people who, you know, I was like, oh, I know everything. I don't need your help or whatever. And I don't need you to show me along the way. And now I kind of, you know, I definitely regret not, you know, taking their advice or, you know, listen to what they had to say on, you know, a subject. So, I mean, did you have, I guess that's my question or next question. Did you have a mentor or even a role model that somebody you're like, oh, okay. You know, when you had all that come on you at 12 years old, it's like, okay, I like how they're living their life or I like what they're doing. That's somebody I want to model my life after. Yeah, uh, at the at the age of sixteen, I I learned about a man called Doctor Ro- uh, Miles Monroe. Yeah. So Miles Monroe, uh, of late now he's passed, and uh, he he to me was a role model at the time. He he was someone that had great influence on my life. He was very big on positivity, growth mindsets, and all that. I read a lot of his books. I listened to him. I traveled to conferences. And I finally had the opportunity of meeting him in person. Um, And then further down in the course of my work and my life, he became a personal mentor. Uh, And I think that that opened a lot of doors for me. It opened my mind, and then it opened a lot of you know, other doors for me, every individual who seeks to progress or succeed in life needs mentors in different areas of their life that they're seeking to advance. So mentors really are like, I I like to say that mentors are like feelers in the porthole on the highway to success. So imagine the highway to success as, as one that's filled with potholes. Now, when you have a mentor, they help fill those potholes. They help make your journey smoother and faster. So these are people who by maybe experience have been through the path that we are looking uh, to, to, to get on. And so they have the benefit of experience. They have the benefits of, you know, so even being, having failed in the past, they have the benefit of all the lessons that they have acquired. And so they can bring all of these to, to us if we're willing to accept some of their directions and their critique and their advice. So yes, everyone does need a mentor. Yeah. You know, I, and I agree a hundred percent with that. And even if you don't, have a personal mentor. I mean, if you can find somebody out there, like you said, that person that like, I, well, I'm, I'm enjoying what their, their life is like, I enjoy what they say. I enjoy like what they're talking about in books or podcasts or whatever that, yeah, that's a sense that, oh, okay. I want to live my life this way. And 
Um, and I think generally most people want to live, you know, be successful. They want to have a balanced life. They want to live a good life and be successful. I don't think nobody ever grows up and goes halfway through school and says, man, I hope my life is just complete garbage. (laughs) Yeah. You know, know, and I think that, you know, of course, you know, life has different, I don't know what you want to say, different factors for everybody where, you know, you get dealt a shitty hand of cards, you know, but, but I think it's just a matter of when you get dealt those cards, how do you handle those things and how do you turn your life, you know, around to get over those obstacles, I guess we've been talking about before. And, and do you, do you think that, you know, people cannot maybe how to, they don't know how to balance their life in order to, you know, they say, okay, I want to go down this road and be super successful and they take on too much. And then, you know, they get it off balance and then that's kind of leads down to a negative road for them. I mean, like, how does somebody, I guess that's my question. It's like, how does somebody try to stay, keep balance, you know, cause that's one thing I kind of struggle with sometimes. What's interesting is uh, this takes us back to one of the conversations we've had earlier which really is starting small and taking one day at a time um when we when we try to juggle i mean no human is really a superhuman i agree (laughs) we're just individuals trying to be better people honestly um so don't don't think of yourself as a, as a superman or a superhuman. We, there's only so much that we can handle at a time. And so when we focus on one area of life where we really want to go hard, let's let's give that a lot of attention and maybe find balance in, in some other areas of life. So the way I wrote my book, it's I used this tool called the Wheel of Life. Okay. And the wheel of life has it just basically looks at different areas of your life. In the in my case, I looked at health and wellness, career, business, uh, family or relationships, finances. These are key important areas of life. So what what the wheel of life says or teaches is that you examine these areas of your life and then you determine which area of your life needs attention, the most attention. And so how would you do this? You could do a rating in my book. I shared what I called realistic self-assessment as a way of doing this, where you ask yourself three critical questions and you rate yourself on the, on the scale of zero to 10 to see how you're doing sure. relation in relationship, health and wellness, uh, family, whatever. And then you can determine what area of your life needs the most attention and you can focus on that one area at a time again one step at a time, one day at a time. That way we can very easily navigate that area of life until we get to a point where we feel that we're very comfortable where we are in that area of life. Then we can pick another area of life. It's like changing habits. Again, I did say that when you're trying to change so many habits at the same time, you end up not changing any. Sure. <laughs> so I usually encourage that you pick one habit that's probably the most uh, 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 detrimental and focus on that one habit and work so hard to ensure that you're able to break that habit and replace that habit before you jump onto any other habit. Yeah. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And I love that point, like how you rate it on a zero to 10, like if it's a good area or bad or how good it, well in that certain area of your life is doing. And, and Matthew McConaughey, the actor, he has something along like one of those philosophies where he looks at it as like a bank account, you know, like, okay, how's my relationships doing? Am I in a red or am I actually in the green here? And I am ever since hearing that and just, you actually putting it on a scale of one to 10, like stuff like that makes perfect sense to me when, you know, I sit down and, you know, when I'm doing a, like when I'm doing my runs now, I'm by myself, obviously, or my workouts, I'm usually by myself. And that it's like, I, those thoughts come in my head for whatever reason. I don't know. I think it's where my, how I try to, uh, cause I work out really hard. And so it's one of those things that well, I guess my mind goes just to like, all right, start thinking about things and how life is. And it's kind of de-stressor for me as well, but it's like, all right. Yeah. You know, if I talk to my friends in a while, you know, how's that going? You know, if I checked on, you know, mom lately, is she good? You know, it's stuff like that. It's like, all right, well, yeah, I ain't done that in a while. So let me raise that back up into a, instead of it being a three, let me make that up to a, a six, seven, eight, nine or whatever. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, you know, you just got to go back and I don't know if it's, we want to say self-aware again, but it's just like, Hey, let me actually just sit down and think how actually well is my life going? And then, you know, even starting this podcast, you know, that's really the reason why I started, like I had a need like a creativity bug or like I've always enjoyed podcasts. Like I want to try this out, you know, I want to take a chance, you know? And before that, you know, I mean like, you know, I've had an average life. I still have an average life. It's still going pretty well, but I also was like, all right, I want to crank something up. I want to try something. I need to, you know, turn this creativity I have in my head. Like instead of doing it being a low zero, one, two, three, you know, I want to get put myself out there. I want to raise this up. So yeah, let me try this. You know, I mean, podcast and I get to network with people like yourself too. And it's super cool to sit down and, have these conversations and it still also blows them. I'm going kind of going on a rant now, but it might be off topic, but uh, it still blows my mind that, you know, before me talking or before this conversation that, you know, we exchanged a couple of emails or whatever. And it's, I had no idea what we we're going to get into, you know, I had no idea what was going to be on the other side of this computer screen. And right. I enjoy it. I love it, man. Especially with somebody with a mindset like yours and like, you know, you've had a, you know, all that put on you at a certain age and you're like, Hey, I'm going to rise up, baby. I'm going to get up get out there and do something with it instead of just sit there and lay in the grass and do nothing. You know, it's, it's fun. Yep. I'm very glad that you took on that, uh, you know, the, the journey of starting off this podcast. Um, 
because you have no idea how many people you are influencing with a podcast, with the message, how you're shaping uh, perspectives and how you're helping individuals who might need the message that you're putting out there. That's it's it's in incredibly important, and I think you should uh, you should definitely be proud of the work that you're doing. Uh, and I'm glad that you started that that uh, podcast because yes, many many of many times we think about ourselves and we again we just feel very comfortable um when we've attained a certain level of success and I, I i see this with my entrepreneurial friends and i tell them well you're making such and such amount in revenues uh and you're so comfortable you're so happy but do you know how much more you could make in the same category um so it's not enough to say oh well i think i'm doing well i'm i'm at auto cruise level right now so i can just chill no there's always need for more and my my thing is there's got to be more to you know life there's got to be more to business there's got to be more sure. to career than what i'm you know where i'm at right now how do i get that more and and of course it's not really only about me it's also about contributing to the society it's and that's why i wrote my book i'm like okay well let me help uh, put this message out there. Yeah. yeah, someone else might be able to benefit from from what I'm doing here, which is what you're doing as well. Some so many people who might never, you know, leave a review on your podcast are actually listening and they're being impacted by by the work that you're doing. And when we're able to give back to the community, I think that's the greatest form of fulfillment. Honestly, yeah, no, I agree 100. And you know, one of my favorite quotes is that most men live lives of quiet desperation. And that's kind of what I felt like I was doing up until the pandemic is that, you know, like, you know, is this really where, you know, I planned on where I wanted my life to be? You know, it's like, I get, I don't want to say I got stuck in a rut, but it was one of those things. Okay. I got a job. Didn't really ask questions. Just kept going down the road, you know, moving along all of a sudden 10 years is gone. It's like, well, you know, what happened? You know I mean? You know, time waits for nobody. And it's like, okay, that's, and that was part of the other reasons. Like, I got to do something, man. I mean, you know, I want to try something. I want to, you know, even if it, you know, like it's what we were talking about. I know it was going to suck the first couple of times I did it. And I was going to be learning along the way, but I was, that's part, that's part of the fun of it, you know? And, you know, somebody asked me the, uh, in a private conversation, like, Hey, you want to go back and like delete all your old stuff? I was like, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, that's part of my growth right there. I mean, you know, I, and like you were saying, like you putting your book out there to inspire people. I want somebody to learn that. And I'm not tooting my own horn or saying I'm a, I'm a badass or anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, I've definitely grown from episode one to whatever episode number this is. And that's what some people, like, I want to keep that as motivation is that people, if they go back and listen to that, they can be like, man, you sucked at the episode. Well, that's fine. I mean, I yeah. get it. You know, I yeah. planned on it. Yeah. But yeah. that's part. Yeah. And I want to leave that out there. It's like, Hey, like you were, like we were saying earlier, it's like, Hey, try it. Who cares? You know, if you want to do something, you know, go out there and just, just do it. You know, it doesn't matter how it is or whatever, but you got to do something. And it, it's, for example, it's going back on the fitness kind of exercise kind of thing. It's, you know, I always hear that like, Hey, what do you eat? You know, what, what's your diet? Like, you know, and I, you know, and I tell them and I tell them what I do, but you know, and I'm a believer of, you know, one diet doesn't fit all, but, and, but you know, like, okay, well I'll start Monday, you know, it's like, no, well, I mean, start today, you know, even do something small. You don't have to go full blown like we were saying, but it's like, no, don't start, you know, next week. Cause then it seems like next week turns into the, Oh, I'll start the next Monday. Then I'll, no, nah, I, I didn't do it. I messed up already. I'll start the next Monday. It's like, then you never end up doing anything, you know? Yeah. Yep. Action. Action is very important. Uh, intention is great, but action is greater. 
Mm. Uh, so it's it's good to have intentions, uh, but what's even more important is the is the action. So the way to change our lives is to take massive action. Period. That's the way to change our lives. You find something you don't quite like, you don't quite appreciate about yourself, and you want to really change it. The only one way to change it is to take action. You can think about it all you want. You can have intentions all you want. But until you take a, an action, nothing changes. True. Yeah. True. So so in your book, you have it based off, you know, like, like you said, life, business, careers, relationships. And yeah. you, you have it broke down just kind of, you know, in each area this is where your thoughts this is what you've done in the past this is what you know i guess to find success during like relationships is that kind of what general pretty pretty much it's really just um different areas of of life six um specifically and yeah some of the lessons um some stories uh, but more importantly, life lessons and tips and strategies um, to navigate the different areas of life, um, how to break those bad codes if we if we have any that might be limiting us in in any of those areas of life. And I I finished the book with a very interesting workbook, um, one that helps the reader to reflect, you know, and um, identify what these you know negative codes could be. And what I realize is I read a lot of books. But the books that have been most impactful are the ones that really lead me into committing to action. And that's what I wanted to do with the book. I, I didn't want someone just pick the book and read it and go, oh, wow, this is great. But then what are you doing? Yeah, it's great. But then, okay, yeah, you, you read the book. What are you doing? So yeah. I wanted to let the reader have something they could, an exercise they could, you know, spend some time with themselves. Again, because like you mentioned earlier, running helps you spend time with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But so many people, we spend time on other things, on family, on business, on career. We rarely ever spend time with ourselves. Okay. So it's, it's, that's why I wanted the book, the workbook to help, you know, the reader to spend some time, quality time learning about themselves, exploring their lives and finding out what these negative codes are and finding ways to break them. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing that, and having doing the work, like a workspace, like you said, that I've got into journaling and I do it maybe once, twice a week, you know, and just me writing down thoughts and like how I'm feeling about things and what I've actually done. And then, you know, it's, I try to do it for 10 minutes when I do it, right? I'm still trying to build this habit. But when I go back and I reread it, it's like, man, I didn't know I wrote that, you know, and it kind of made me feel like, oh, okay, that's really how I guess I was thinking right then. And, you know, and it's like, that makes more sense to me. And, you know, ever since doing that, you know, it's, you know, I'm being honest with myself at the same time. And, and I guess my point is, is that, you know, most people, I don't know if they're, I don't feel like they're honest with themselves You go because right now, and some of the books I've read or one of the book I'm currently reading, you know, as far as like studies goes based on like, you know, weight loss and food or just lifestyle in general, whatever you say. But when they ask people, you know, Hey, how many alcoholic drinks do you have a week? You know, when they, when it's, they're asked that they always say like one to two when, cause that's what the other person wants to hear. But in reality, they're probably having five or six, you know, plus, and it was just like, well, man, be honest with yourself. You know, you know, if you have a bad habit, it's okay. You know, like you said earlier, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have, we all have problems. We all have issues that we're all trying to work on. But if you're just lying to yourself and it's like saying you're okay, you're okay. You got to admit it eventually. And that's where I guess change would start or even just taking on your life. You, reading your book and being like, Oh, doing that workspace. Okay. Maybe I'm not as, you know, doing what I thought I was doing or honest with myself. You know? Yep. Um, 
in the journey of change, acknowledgement is the very first button of operation. Like so acknowledging that we are not it, we're not all it, uh, <laughs> we're not we're not quite there yet is the very first uh, button of operation. So when we acknowledge our flaws and we're very honest with ourselves to uh, we, we got to hold, hold up a mirror and see exactly how we how we look um, in, in in terms of, you know, habits, mindsets and behaviors. And and then we can begin. That's really when we can begin the journey of moving forward or advancing or the journey towards success until we acknowledge those flaws we can work on them sure and not a single human being is infallible no human being is a hundred percent so we're all work in progress and yeah. uh I, let's just keep doing the work that's what makes us work in progress yeah you know and, and not only that just a work in progress and stuff but you know people will ask me you know how do you stay motivated you know i mean how do you always you know because i'm working out five to six days a week and like oh you're always here you're always here when i'm here and it's just like it's my thing like i told you my de-stressor it's like my you know i love doing it you know even if i'm having a very shitty day i get down there and to the gym or even running now it's like oh i'm feeling good i did something good today and whatever and that and a lot of it you know i don't want to go like after work it's like man i don't really want to go work out but i make myself go it's i'm very self-disciplined in that thing and but a lot of it is just just showing up and doing the work, you know, I mean, that's where, in my opinion, you might disagree, but where a lot of success comes is just do the work, yep. no matter what, you know, I mean, I mean, how do you, I mean, is that, how do you stay motivated? I mean, are you just very self-disciplined? I mean, I mean, you seem like a, you've been doing pretty well for yourself. So. I mean, I, I'm a very big believer, uh, uh, of routine. Yeah, I think the way to train your mind is to create a routine, is to give the mind a routine. Some people might say to me that I'm very regimented, but I, it's fine. It's fine because I'm trying to train my mind in that direction. I'm trying to train my brain to accept that type of you know behavior. Yeah. That's why I, I create a routine. I have a morning routine. I have a workout routine. I have a routine for when I want to bring brainstorm new ideas. I have, you know, and I, once once we're able that's how to shape you know our mind and influence our brain and code our brains with stimuli that's necessary for us to you know ultimately stay motivated so yes i like to stay motivated by again i've realized over time that motivation rarely ever comes externally uh, we might find you know samples of motivation here and there but true motivation comes from within so we've got to get up every day and put in the walk and show up again what will get you to come up to work every day what would get you to get in the gym every day i guess for me is understanding my why why am i doing it oh. now so when when i'm really weak and i don't feel like i want to get out of bed i think about why i want to work out why i'm doing the workout i think about my health i think about the fact that i want to live long enough to reap the reward of my hard work i'm putting in a lot of work and i want to be here you know long enough to you know enjoy what i'm working hard towards you know so when i think about my why it truly gets me out of bed it's really the reason i even though i don't feel like it I still get myself moving because it's that why that motivates me. And so I usually encourage people who ask me about, you know, motivation. I tell them, listen, your motivation has to come from within. And the way to find your motivation within is to ask yourself, why am I really doing this in the first place? And if you understand clearly how important your why is, you'll get up and you'll show up. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you don't have a reason to get up out of bed and do something in the morning, then you need to reevaluate a couple of things. And, and I'm glad you brought up that point about routine. And that's one thing that's helped me a ton is that, you know, I'm the same way because, you, know, you know, I have work. Then I know, okay, at a certain amount or X amount of time, I'm going to the gym right here at this time. I'm not going to eat at this time. I'm not going to do that. And I used to think that if you had a routine or like a, you set a schedule or something or even like working hard, I thought for some reason that was really uncool. You know, it's like, well, you, you live your life like that. You, I mean, why don't you just fly by the seam of your pants, you know? And <laughs> I used to, I, and I don't know, I guess that was a stupid teenage adolescence mindset. I don't know. It's like, oh, you're going to work hard. You're going to do something, whatever nerd, you know? And, <laughs> and that's, and I hate that I used to be that way because, you know, like I really underestimated a routine until I, you know, I put myself into that position and I love it, you know? And if I get off a little bit, that's okay. But I also still know that, okay, I'm going to, you know, do X, Y, and Z today. You know, my brain's going to, or not my brain, but, you know, I'm going to get this done. I'll be at the gym here. You know, I'll be home by this time. I'll do this podcast at this time. And it really, and going back on work-life balance and, or just balance it, really that routine has kept me in that balance, you know, or that set schedule. And yeah, it, yeah and like I said, I really, for anybody who doesn't have a routine or a schedule or something, I mean, I've really you know, what's the word am I looking for? We'll really promote you to even try to do it for a week or do it for a day and to see if it benefits you or not. Just cause for me, like I'm golden, you know, even like on Saturdays when I'm a little bit more freer, but you know, it's like, okay, I got my six miles in. All right, cool. Got that done. I went and over, I uh, got my workout in at the gym, got that done. And then I, you know, a friend asked me if I could help them. I was like, yeah, I got an hour or two. I can help you out. Went over there and helped them move a stove. Boom. Not that. Okay. Podcast at two. Boom. Now we are. And, and like, like you get you get shit done, you know, and you feel good afterwards, right? Yeah. Like there's your uh, yeah. A routine is really a key is the key to productivity. Um, if you really want to be productive, then you you can't be an enemy to schedule because <laughs> you you have to time out everything, time everything out, and um and follow a very strict schedule. Yes, things might fall off here and there. Just allow some flexibility, but then just ensure that routine you have a routine for whatever it is you're looking to achieve especially in the beginning when it's not something that you're used to doing um it could be a little chaotic and you might just dump it very quickly that's why many people show up at the gym the very first week of january every uh -huh. year the gym is packed in the first week or two um and then i just keep watching you know how the number continues to dwindle from the third week of january to february and by the time it's june nobody's in the gym anymore <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a we need to form a habit of creating routines for uh success yeah yeah and you know if anything comes out of this podcast i mean that's one of the great themes right there create a theme for success no matter what you do i mean everyone's got their own way of doing things and you know just because it worked for person a it might not work for person b and, and i think along my life path i mean that's kind of where i you know hit a couple potholes is that you know i would look up to a, a role model or read somebody's book and it's like oh they were doing it this way i, I gotta do it that way too and then if it failed or whatever then it didn't you know then i would get you know, distraught and just think, man, what, you know, I, this can't work for me, but you know, everyone. And I guess that's my point is that everybody's got their own life path and their own version of success and their own way of doing things. And just because, you know, Elon Musk was sleeping on his, you know, floor in his factory, getting the building going or whatever, doesn't mean you have to, I mean, yeah, hard work helps and stuff, but you know, just cause you do that. And I think that's one of the, 
maybe this is my point. This is one of the false representations of entrepreneurship is that I think there's a false narrative that you have to be working 16, 18 hours a day, no sleep, you know, in order to get things done. And which, yeah, I mean, I believe in hard work, but I also believe quality work too at the same time and what you're getting done in those 16 or 18 hours. I mean, if you're just sitting there staring at your computer screen, Googling random stuff, then you can't really say you're working, I guess, right? And yeah, and so that's one of the things that I think need to be more up. yeah more yeah more out there is that hey just because you said you work for 20 hours what did you really get done in those 20 hours you know yep uh it's more productive is the quality of time and not the length of time yeah. uh right. yeah it's it's more so the quality of time and yes the fact that one something an approach or a strategy or an idea or or a routine works for someone else doesn't quite mean that it would work for the next person i guess understanding what the core principles are and adapting it to our individual situation is what makes the difference so i do know that this is a core principle but then how do i adapt this principle to my person personal situation how do i adapt this to my life because then the individuals are different their lives are different their motivations are different their whys are different even though they want to utilize the same approach or the same strategy what we need to do is find ways to adapt whatever we're learning from books and podcasts and people's experiences to our own personal situation yeah you know we've we've talked about you know success and personal growth and development and, you know, somewhat on a little bit of, you know, work-life balance and stuff. But, you know, you said part of your book is dealing with relationships too. And are you, I mean, are you talking about, you know, like family relationships or finding a partner in life or what is that dealing on in your, within your book? Well, I just talked about relationships in general and whether, whether uh, it be, you know, romantic relationship or family relationship or business relationship. Um, what I've found is all these relationships require certain things at the most basic level. They okay. each require trust. They each require communication. They each require honesty. They each require vulnerability. So um, I just picked this basics that, that are required for building or fostering stronger relationships. I brought in different examples from, from family, from friends, from, uh, 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 you know, romantic relationships and the likes. And yeah, sometimes relationships fail. They fail maybe because someone dropped the ball uh, or maybe both of the parties involved dropped the ball or maybe there's not enough communication or lack of trust and, and all of these. So I, 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 you know, delve deeper into those key issues of what uh, could be responsible for failed relationships and how we could strengthen these relationships. You know, that's a good point because, you know, I, I agree with as far as relationships and what you talked about, you know, business, romantic or whatever, that, you know, a lot of the things in my mind that come to that make a strong relationship are trust and communication. And I mean, how, in your opinion, or your, or your thoughts, I guess, whatever you want to say that, I mean, what are your thoughts on getting that trust and building that trust, especially with somebody who's come from, you know, having trust issues along their life path, you know? Yeah. Building trust can be very difficult. Sure. Building trust can take a very long time. Um, so trust is really earned over time. 
Um, and so consistency is one of the keys to building trust. Showing up the same way every time and, you know, doing exactly what you said you will do and being a man of your word and constantly, whether it there, whether it's rain, sun or shine, whatever it is, uh, you are there and you're constantly doing the things that you have said that you would you would do over time naturally that grows it begins to develop trust it begins to create some level of comfort with the you know whoever is involved in the relationship so i think although trust is very difficult and uh to build and it's very you know it takes a lot of time but i believe that consistency constantly doing the right things and constantly showing up in the way that we have uh, uh, where, where our words and our actions match um, is one way to build trust over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that because you do the small things and they add up and, you know, because that's one thing that, you know, with my, even if you want to say, yeah, for romantic relationships, just in, to use that example that, you know, I've done things and, you know, try to, you know, or get to earn their trust, you know, it's like, you know, setting up small things, as we said, you know, and, and, you know, seeing like where I can trust them at, or, you know, or trust what they're doing with their life. And like, you know, not having to worry about, you know, I guess just trust in general. I mean, because I've always been one of those type of people who was like, oh, I don't know about trusting you or telling you I, sometimes even on podcasts, I feel like I, sometimes I overshare and, you know, and I'm really conscious of conscious, just, I don't know what word it is, but, you know, when talking to uh, a new romantic partner that, okay, wait, am I sharing too much here? I, I don't want to share everything with you. I, like, it's almost like a, a defense mechanism too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cause like, oh man, what if something bad happens? And then like, now she knows all this about me and I didn't want her to know all that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 the, the, the thing with trust is it's closely related to access, right? Um, access is one of the most powerful gifts you can ever give anybody. Um, so the gift of access, like having someone, giving someone access to your life or giving someone access to your personal information is a gift. And so the more, the more you create access or the more access you give an individual, the stronger you're working towards trust. Mm -hmm. So when I begin to feel more comfortable sharing a little deeper issues, I mean, when like with any type of relationship the first time it's starting off you're dipping your toes in the waters sure. you're you're testing it out and you know slowly of course you don't want to share your details with someone you just met because they have to earn it too you know uh so as you move forward and you begin to expose yourself in terms of vulnerability and you begin to share some more details about your life with this individual, you're starting that process of building trust. And that's really how you can build trust without vulnerability. You know, <laughs> both of them go hand in hand. And if you grant someone access to your life and your information, I think that's one of the, you know, deepest ways of building trust. Yeah. And, and also, now I'm not trying to say like, you know, nobody shouldn't, you know, put themselves out there like that as far as oversharing or anything, because in a sense, like what we've been saying, you have to do it in some case, you know, in some sense in order to, you know, try something new and see how it goes. And, you know, and I, it's like, we've been saying, start small, but yeah, I'm not saying be, have a complete wall up or defense up the whole time, but you got to do it a little bit, you know, and just try to earn a trust and try to put yourself out there and, you know, take the chance and, you know, again, that's what we've been saying. That's how you learn and 
you know, and then that way on your, if, and when, if you have a next relationship, that's okay. You know, maybe I'll wait till the third or fourth date or whatever, or the fourth business meeting or whatever you're doing as far as life. And just to say, okay, now I can, you know, put myself out there a little bit more, learn to trust them and hopefully they trust me back. Yeah. Yep. There's a flip side to that story also. Uh, and that's the fact that if you've been, if you've been broken before, and if you've been, you know, totally disappointed, you can, you can have a whole world wall up, um, that nobody can really penetrate you. Nobody can get through. Um, and walls are very powerful. They are powerful in that they can shut the whole world out and then they can shut you in completely. Mm -hmm. So if nobody's able to penetrate the walls that you, you've built around yourself because of your past experiences, there are I, I don't think there's any way you could form a strong relationship. So we also need to be mindful of, you know, the experiences we've had in the past and how they've shaped us. And I know that we need to have walls up just to guard our hearts in, the, in a way that we don't, you know, we don't just, you know, throw ourselves out there just to be hurt again. But we have to manage that with wisdom to know when to, you know, bring those walls down so you can let someone else in. Yeah, that's a great point. Is that I think a lot of it's just trial and error, like kind of what you were saying, like with your book that you put out there, is that you learn and then you learn to grow and you learn to do things better, and you hope and pray that the next time that okay, I'm ready for this time, you know. And who was it? Will Smith said this ironically enough that uh, you know, in life, he I, I might butcher this and I hope I don't mess this up, but I recently read his book and it was he was talking about that. In life and school, the difference is, is that in school, you get to study first and then you take the test. But in life, you get the test and then you learn the lesson about how you did or not. Yep. And that was like, wow, that resonated with me so much. It's like, I never thought about it that way. And I was like, makes perfect sense. Yep. Life's challenges are not pre-announced. They are never pre-announced. And so they just show up and yeah. then we have to deal with it. And hopefully, like after reading the life codes or what you have, your book that ready cracking the life code, cracking the life codes that we're ready to go. So uh, I say we take it home on this right there. And if people want to find your book, if they want to find your services and all that good stuff, or you want to plug anything, feel free to do that. Yeah, I mean, cracking the life code is available everywhere books are sold. Uh, it's on Amazon, and um, if you if you'd like to. Either just um, give us a shout out, shout out on social media. It's Cracking the Life Code um, and visit our website at crackingthelifecode.com. Cool. Appreciate you being here, man. You're a, you're a real badass dude. I, I love talking with you, man. You're very thank, motivating. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing. I totally appreciate it. Sure. All right. We're out of here, folks. Be good to yourselves.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.